You're listening to the Bitcoin.com podcast. Our guest today is Michael Flight, CEO of LibertyFund.io. This episode is brought to you by Cybex.io. Interested in OTC trading? Stop wasting time on standoffs and expensive escrows. Try Cybex, the world's first regulated and proven decentralized OTC technology backed by industry leaders. Cybex allows you to trade Bitcoin to any ERC-20 tokens, completely peer-to-peer, safely and privately. No account required. No middlemen. Visit Cybex.io. That's S-I-B-E-X dot I-O. I'm your host, Dustin Planthold. Join us as we dive into the world of economics, politics, tech, Bitcoin, and cryptocurrency. For even more crypto-related news, sign up at news.bitcoin.com or follow us on Twitter at Bitcoin.com. Now let's bring on our guest. Hey, Dustin, thank you very much for inviting me on. Now, thank really you. really appreciate it. I've been a big fan of yours. Now, thank you for coming. So tell us, what is Liberty Fund? Liberty Fund is a uh, real estate investment fund, and it invests in triple net properties, which are super stable, super secure properties. And the Liberty Real Estate Fund also has a unique technology wrapper, which it's going to be a security token so that somebody could invest in it just like they would in a private real estate investment. But it's opened up to people all over the world because they can invest in the token. And then the really cool thing is with real estate, typically it's a very illiquid investment. And with the security token, they can actually trade their token later on. But we don't think that they're going to want to trade the token because it's just going to create a bunch of stable cash flow for them. So what is a security? I mean, define that. Um, Well, a security is a a regulated instrument. So, for example, ICOs and a lot of the crypto out there uh, are not regulated. This is regulated by the SEC. It conforms with the Securities Exchange Commission um, laws. And it also will conform with, um, there, there's the European uh, investment authorities, the Singapore investment authorities, the, the Hong Kong investment authorities. So it is a regulated security. It's not you know, uh, what a lot of people think of as the Wild West of crypto. And uh, you got your memes out there. Yeah, and you, there's uh, lots of them too. You got your FOMO and everything. Yes, this is a a regulated security. You in the U.S. you have to be an accredited investor, so you have to have a certain net worth to invest in it. Uh, but it's opening up the uh, world of U.S. real estate to uh, worldwide investors. Um, so that's why we really think that it, it's a fantastic opportunity. And the way I got into it was. Um, I was hanging around all these guys uh, years ago, and I was stupid because I didn't buy Bitcoin when they were all telling me to buy Bitcoin, and they were all much smarter than me, so I should have listened to them. Um, but especially some of the guys that in the circuit circles I was running in, and that's kind of where I met Roger Veer uh, through the Liberland, uh, you know, the startup country out in uh, Europe. And uh, everybody's saying Bitcoin, crypto, 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 and I'm like, well. I don't quite understand it because I went to a public school and I don't do math. So uh, I, it really doesn't have anything backing it. Uh, why couldn't you take a, what, you know what I'm saying? I so hear the, I, I, I couldn't conceptualize the, the algorithm because I'm 
I'm a, I'm a dinosaur. I've you know been in the real estate business for 35 years. I know hard assets. I know intrinsic assets. So I said, why couldn't you marry a coin to the stable real estate assets? And then the thing with Liberty Fund is we said, how could you get the most stable real estate assets in a portfolio so that you get geographic diversification, you get industry diversification, and you get credit diversification. So that's what we tried to do. We tried to make a really super stable coin. So what my, my partners hate me saying this, but I say it's crypto with cash flow. Crypto with cash flow. Now, how did you pivot? I mean, is was this easy to create? What did it take to get to this spot? Uh it, 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 this is really pioneering, and there was there's been people that have done it successfully um, last year. But uh, and I know you've had Alon Gorin on your uh, your podcast in the past, and I've met him at you know some of the security token um, meetings and stuff like that. But uh, it, the security tokens have kind of only been around, I, I believe, for two years. Don't quote me on this, but. Uh, we really, we, we thought we were going to do an ICO when I first started experimenting with this and we started researching it. Then it's like, no, no, there's this, there's this security thing, which is, you know, ideally where you want to go. And it, this has institutional um, buy-in and, you know, family offices and eventually pension funds and, and those type of people are going to be in, in able to invest in this because it is a regulated security and it's not something that, um, you know, it, like I said, out there in the wild, wild west, but that's what I, it, it took, um, we're, we're probably, um, more than a year and a half into it to get all the legal work done and to get everything else. But, uh, we've got some great technology providers. There's, uh, uh, guys out of San Francisco Securitize who actually are a platform. Yeah, no, they're, they're fantastic. If you, um, ever interviewed Carlos Domingo or, um, Jamie Finn over I, there. I have not, but thank you so much for the nomination. That would be somebody I know the company well. They'd be a great guest. Both of those guys are fantastic. And and Jamie actually did a meetup for us and explained how the securities platform works because they're a little bit like a crowdfunding platform, but they also mint the uh, the coin. They do all the, the smart contracts and all the programming. So, uh, but it, like I said, it's been a long time coming. We went out and interviewed probably seven different uh, token platforms and, you know, all kinds of different providers. And like I said, we spent a lot of money on legal fees and, and accounting fees to get it set up right so that uh, non-domestic U.S. investors can invest in U.S. real estate. Yeah, that's that's very big. And so tell us more about the partnerships. What are sort of partnerships do you have? Um, there, It's more along the lines of their, their LLCs and it's a fund and it buys individual properties. So uh, we'd be buying Walgreens. Uh, if people are familiar with uh, Dollar Generals, I, I know you've got an international audience, so I'm trying to uh, list some, some international type of tenants. Automotive service places like a Jiffy Lube, um, Fresenius, uh, or DaVita Dialysis, those are both international medical companies. Um, so that's, we basically buy an individual building. Uh, it's called a single tenant net leased asset. And the, the super great thing about these is they're very long-term leases. So it, we liken them to bonds wrapped in real estate. Uh, so you get a super stable, super long-term cash flow, and then we're buying them all over the country and it all accretes into this portfolio. So somebody buying the coin has this portfolio backed by all these assets 
And those assets are guaranteed by super large companies like even Exxon for, for gas stations or 7-Eleven people know as a worldwide company. Or uh, in fact, in Europe, Aldi, the uh, the discount grocery store. So those type of tenants. Oh, they sound great. And what have you been hearing from the family offices? I mean, are they do they like this concept? Or are they a little more standoffish? I mean, what are they seeing around the tokenization aspect? Um, that's the, the biggest hurdle is everybody that's, uh, so family offices love real estate and, uh, you know, a, a lot of like larger real estate investors love real estate. Uh, so they are, I, I really like this part of your idea, the concept of the net leases, because, you know, we want a piece of our portfolio in, uh, you know, value add stuff that's going to really, you know, uh, make the needle move. And then we want, uh, a portion of our portfolio that's going to just uh, give us stabilized cash flow and you know preserve our wealth, but the the biggest hurdle has been educating them that it's it you can invest cryptocurrency into the product, but it's not cryptocurrency. It, so the the biggest hurdle has been well, I like your concept, I'm not sure about this other stuff. I'm like, but listen to what this other stuff does. Um, and so the really cool thing is, and, and we've actually had some interest from crypto investors too, because they're looking to take some of their gains off the table and put them into something that's going to be, you know, uh, more of a, a store of value. And like we said before, generate cash flow. Uh, but you, you're correct that the family offices, um, it's been a little bit harder, uh, but surprisingly, there's been some that have, in my uh, past experience and working with them have been extremely conservative. And, and they're the guys that say, well, tell me more, tell me more. And, and surprisingly, uh, the people when we're talking to, I want to say, um, in the, the 35 to 45 age range, um, they're like kind of scared of crypto. <laughs> the people that are younger um, really are all in, let's go. And then the people that are my age, and I'm 56 uh, and older, I, I've gotten a lot more open-mindedness about, you know, investing in, in this type of uh, investment. Now, that's a great way of putting it. You know, for, for most of them, the only education they've had on crypto have been bad articles that have come out, uh, negative statements and talking about nefarious or bad actors. But what we're exactly. finding is that this space is not that or that doesn't sum up the road to blockchain or cryptocurrency I mean, when you have this new aspect, this new thing coming, which is the tokenization side, where you can tokenize, tokenize things and how looking in Liechtenstein and how they have embraced what they believe to be a new type of asset class. So talk to us about what it's been like to work with regulators in the U.S. versus abroad. What's that process been like? Well, we've uh, done most of that stuff. And, and you know, thankfully, there's a lot of people that have gone before us. I shouldn't say a lot, but there's been people that have gone before us that have, you know, spent a, a lot of the time getting the regulators uh, to do this and say, you know, let's do the security token and let's, you know, so that um, investors have some sort of assurance that there's some sort of rules there and, you know, that there's somebody there, it, you know, there's an actual address there. <laughs> there's yeah, somebody there that they right. can you know, uh, go after if, if things go wrong or if there's fraud committed or, or something like that. So it has been uh, a, a quite the, the journey, but I would say a lot of that um, path was trodden before us. And so we're working with people that have actually done it. So we've got, you know, representation in Europe. Uh, we've got, you know, like I said, uh, very good representation here in the United States. And so it's... Um, 
and uh, we're working with uh, Fusang Exchange out in um, Hong Kong. And so those guys have done the really heavy lifting of trying to put together, you know, security token exchanges and um, working with the regulators. So they're really cool because they're regulated in Hong Kong, Singapore, and Malaysia. So um, wow, that's really neat. So let's talk about you. How did you get into crypto? What brought you in? <laughs> uh, like I said, I was hanging around with a group of uh, liberty-minded people, and uh, you know, uh, they were either gold bugs or they were crypto bugs. You know, and so it's <laughs> like you got to do this, you got to do this. I'm like, I do real estate. I don't understand that other stuff. But uh, you know, one of my uh, good friends, he's a pretty high up at block one. And, um, he sat me down. We were on a cruise, uh, a few years ago and just outside in the back deck, uh, drinking and smoking cigars. And, uh, I'm like, you got to explain to me this, you got to explain how this works. And so he did, and he, he did a great job and he's introduced me to, to some people and, uh, guided me through the path. And then I've got other friends that are Silicon Valley, uh, technology entrepreneurs that, um, you know, have, you know, kind of cashed in and, and gone into real estate. So um, they're asking me for all kinds of advice on real estate. And I'm saying, well, how do we do this? You know? Yeah. <laughs> and so, how do we find the, the, the way to kind of blend these both together? So who's been yeah. giving you counsel or advice? Who, who do you currently look to in the world of either crypto or the world of blockchain to help guide you on this journey? Uh, I've got a really good friend. Uh, his name is... Uh, Man, I'm blanking on his name now. So there, there's a my, my friend Mike Manfredi, uh, who's at Block One, has given me a lot of uh, he's you been know, a guy guidance. Yeah, okay. And then uh, you know there's a another guy Al out of uh, Silicon Valley, and he was uh, into um, a, a lot of technology companies. He actually built a a coin um, that he ended up not launching because it ended up not you know working so well. And um, they've introduced me to a number of other people. But, uh, you know, once you get into the security token, it's more along the lines of, you know, you, um, you, you listen to your attorneys and you listen to um, your, uh, your accountants and all the rest of that. Sure. So it was the council around well, you. Yeah. And, and I've, like I said, I've met uh, Alon Gorin. Um, I, I was. Uh, He's funny, by the way, like Alon, that, that dude is probably one of the funniest human beings I've ever come across in my life. He's hilarious. Yeah. And I, I love his spirit. I mean, I, I just, you know, when he talks <laughs> about, especially about regulations, I'm like, yeah, I know I'm spending a lot of money trying to you know work within the regulations. Yeah, <laughs> so, that's and then, uh, and then, uh, I, I've also met Matthew Lamarell and, and some other really, you know, in, in amazing uh, people that are just on the forefront of, of all this stuff. So running this company, being the CEO and you're an entrepreneur, how did you get there? I mean, what were some of the first jobs you had in, in your life? Would you start off as a paper boy where you were mowing lawns? Like where did this all begin for, for Michael flight? Take us back. You must've, uh, you know, been privy to some private information <laughs> there. I, I actually had a, a paper route, you know, and I I'd get up at four in the morning. I was delivering the Chicago Tribune and the, the Chicago Daily News. Um, you know, I, I was delivering, you know, probably 400 papers in the morning and, you know, pushing the cart up and down, you know, the blocks on the street. And then uh, definitely did do uh, lawn mowing. And uh, I was going to be a Lutheran pastor 
uh, in college, but Greek and Hebrew were a sign from God that I should not be a pastor. Oh, that's really <laughs> hard. Yeah. <laughs> so I uh, kind of pivoted to, um, you know, business. And I, I really, uh, I, my brother and I, while I was in college, attended this nothing down seminar where you could buy real estate, nothing down. And oh, um, yeah, and, and it, it got me into real estate. And then um, I got into commercial real estate. And then I got into um, retail real estate, which is shopping centers and, and all the rest of it. And then uh, there was this thing called the uh, savings and loan crash in you know about 1989, 1990. And so I was laid off and you know two partners of mine uh, were laid off. And so we said, well, we've got nothing to do. Why don't we just start a company? So we started a company and we started working with um, very large institutions. Uh, we are not only managing their properties, but investing alongside of them. And uh, in, so in that, since 1990, um, you know, we've just started a bunch of different companies and, and done some really cool and fun stuff. And with and, the same uh, team. So you, you've continued to work with these individuals or this individual in a partnership. Uh, it's no, there, you know, in life, there's, uh, some, you know, messy divorces and, you know, uh, you know, partners coming in and out all the time. And then there's, uh, you know, people that have worked for me that have been interns for me that have worked with me, that have partnered with me, that, that we've been, uh, you know, 25 year, you know, lifelong friends. My, my attorney who does all my real estate, um, you know, he, kind of was just out of law school and, and we were, you know, early on in our career and um, he's still doing work for us. And, um, you know, he gave me the best legal advice ever, which was non-legal advice. Um, you know, my son was a very good runner and he was a runner in college. He said, uh, and my son was trying to decide between soccer and running. And he said, push him into running, push him into running. There's a lot of scholarships. So it saved me like a hundred and something thousand wow. dollars yeah, that was you know. that was great counsel. You know, when we're talking about partnerships, you know, there's a number of people around the world, entrepreneurs that that listen to this show, and many of them think that maybe they're unique, maybe they're the only one that a partnership didn't work out or a relationship in business didn't work out. And there's an old quote that I remember just came to my head said that partnerships formed by and by ambition are doomed to fail. That you know, getting into business with anybody is very very tough, and it is not abnormal along the way to kind of get to a place where. You know, you work by yourself. You can't have two people making decisions at a company. So tell me about entrepreneurship. What have you learned through the experience and what advice would you give to, to a younger Michael? You know, I, I've learned that it's like you need to, to listen to other people. Um, you need to have your vision and you need to be strong with your vision. Um, and if your vision isn't correct, um, maybe there's somebody else much smarter than you. Um, and, you, you know, you should take their counsel or you maybe take their stuff and you like put a twist on it and stay. But I, I say with this company, especially Liberty real estate fund, um, you know, I'm co-founder, I'm co-creator, I'm co-manager and I'm co-owner. And uh, there's the other co-guys there that are, are just as important in the, um, in, in making this thing work. Well said. And how do we learn more about you? Uh, they can go to libertyfund.io. That's libertyfund.io. Or they can contact me at michael at libertyfund.io. Fantastic. Thank you so much for sharing your story on the Bitcoin.com podcast. I really appreciate you your time here today. It was just a pleasure. You've listened to another episode of the Bitcoin.com podcast. Subscribe at news.bitcoin.com. 
where your journey begins.